to the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at indiancreekbaptistchurch.org. It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. Welcome back for our evening service. Let me get to the right message. I don't want to re-preach the one from this morning. We are going to continue on in John chapter 10. Tonight, for the last couple of weeks, we have been seeing Christ uh, teach a parable to the Pharisees and the Jews that are gathered, uh, speaking about the sheepfold and how to enter the sheepfold. It's important for us to remember that he never said that there are anyone that can't enter the sheepfold. He just said there's only one way to enter the sheepfold. Today, uh, we're going to see that this has caused a great division among the Jews and the Pharisees, and uh, they are, again, going to get frustrated, as, as uh, Christ often did with them. He pointed out their deepest and darkest issues, and when he did, instead of getting better, they got bitter. So we're going to pick up John chapter 10 and verse number 19. The Bible says, There was a division therefore again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, that These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, excuse me, in the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do ye stone me? The Jews answered answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because thou... Because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them and said, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true, and many believed on him there. Let's pray. Father God, again, we come to you tonight and humbly seek your face. Lord, we pray that you would... 
Speak to our hearts that you would reveal this truth to us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would see and understand your love and your care, your true deity. And that, Lord, we, like all those others, would believe. So, God, please guide us and direct us tonight. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, Christ is causing division. And I say again, even today, he causes division. Everywhere he has preached, some are happy, some are sad. I'm amazed that we have not had more uh, pushback here, but we are in small town central Iowa, so praise the Lord. <laughs> Memories, brother? <laughs> no, I was, I was waiting for the crash at the end of the squeal. Oh, okay. Because I don't think it was the truck pulling the trailer that was squealing the tires. It was somebody coming around the corner that... Trailer. Oh, was it the trailer? Oh. Trailer. Ooh, even better. That's going to be fun. Anyway, sorry about that rabbit trail. Um, the joys of small town central Iowa. But I'm amazed that we haven't had more opposition uh, to getting this church started. And I know that it's coming... But everywhere that Christ is preached, it's divided. He, he said it would be that, that father would be against son, brother against brother, daughter against mother, uh, that he would divide families because some will believe and some won't. But here they're arguing not uh, about who he is, but whether or not he has a devil. <laughs> they, they are trying to find each and every excuse they can to explain why he is able to do these great things. Some say that he has a devil, and others say that no man can do these things if he is possessed. Well, let's take a look at what Christ had to say. Matthew twelve twenty four. Matthew 12 and verse number 24. Uh, we'll start in verse number 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judge. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? Mark 3. <clears throat> Mark chapter 3 and verse number 22. And the scribes which came down from... From Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils cast he out devils. And he called them unto him, and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? 
And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath neither forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation, because they said he hath an unclean spirit. Luke, Luke 11. Luke 11 and verse number 14. And he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said, He casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Over and over again, Christ reminds them that a house divided against itself will fall. Here again, they are trying to say that he has a devil and... and He's only casting out devils because he is a devil. But I remind you that a good tree bringeth forth good fruit and an evil tree bringeth forth evil fruit. No one can do these miracles except these good and great works except that he be from God. Back to Matthew, Matthew 7. And verse number 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. And then again in Matthew chapter 12. And verse number 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generations of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Apple trees produce apples. Orange trees produce oranges. Watermelon trees don't produce anything because they don't exist. Watermelons grow on vines. The point is, the only way that these miracles could be done is through Christ. The only way that this Christian life can be lived is through Christ. We, we've hit this pretty heavy for the last several weeks but we have to be completely following God in order for this church to grow for it to be uh, effective for it to live up to its purpose we have to be completely given to Christ and following him 
And we have to all be on the same page. We can't be divided. But these people are willingly blind. Again, as, as Christ continues to teach, the Jews come to him and, and they gather round about and they say, How long will thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. How long are you going to keep us in the dark? And Christ's answer is simple. I've told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you believe not. What else do I need to do? You know, this is speaking of who Christ is, and, and it's a great lesson for the Jews here, but it's a great lesson for us. We as Baptists believe that the Bible is our sole authority. The 66 books of the Old and New Testament in the King James Bible is what we live by for faith and practice. If the Bible says it, that settles it. Yet so often we don't believe it. He's told us everything he ever wants us to do. Everything he ever wanted us to know is right here in the Word of God. And yet we often don't believe it and choose not to follow it. Psalm 19. Psalm 19 and verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. There's no language that cannot know and understand what they're saying. Psalm 50. Psalm 50 and verse number 6. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Selah. How about Psalm 97? Psalm 97 and verse 6. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. He's told us. He's told them, I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah. Yet they are willingly choosing to ignore him. The evidence is right there in front of me. As I grew up, I wasn't a believer. I've said this many times. I, I, I loved science, and but I still believed that all of this happened just by chance. But the evidence is right there in every book, in every electronic device, in everything so complex that we see in our world, and yet the hairs on our head are far more complex. I would never look at this Bible and think, 
that somebody just threw a bunch of paper in the air and it happened. I would never look at my iPad and think that somebody just threw a bunch of parts in the air and when they came down, it made an iPad. Especially because if I drop it, it breaks and falls in pieces. It doesn't just come together. Yet studying and looking at that plant who for 50 years my grandmother has taken care of that and, and groomed it. and it, It's so out of whack. It's blooming now and producing fruit months ahead of time because it's been uh, inside and outside and, and it's, it's adapted to its environment. It's not evolving. It's adapted to the environment that it's in. Yet each and every cell that, that is involved in that plant is far more complex than anything, any of the furniture, anything that we have in this room. God did it on purpose. Christ says, I told you and you believe me not. My works bear witness of me, but you believe me not. Instead, you're standing here debating on whether or not I'm possessed with a devil. Open your eyes and see the truth. Dare I say today, Christian, open your eyes and see the truth. If you have the faith to let Christ save you from hell, why won't you have the faith to let him lead you in your life? Why go back to the world for comfort and well-being? When Christ is promised to be everything you need. Those next verses in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the world, or the light of the body, is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Sorry. No, I'm not. It's a good passage, though. I was trying to get to verse number 24 in Matthew 6. It says, No man can serve two masters. But um, that's not where I want to be. He told us 7.21, but you're reading out of 6. I know. That's, I, I'm, I'm struggling for a minute. Verse number 21 in Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. When you look back at Christ teaching about the sheepfold and the only way to enter is through him, the door, this is exactly what he's talking about. So many will come to him in that day that the end time when, when the tribulation and the millennial reign are come and they're left behind and they'll say, Lord, have we not done these things in your name? 
And he will tell them to depart because they lacked one thing. They tried to enter another way instead of coming through him. He's telling, he tells the Jews here, You believe me not because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You're not my sheep because you're choosing not to be. My sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is more than just a list of what they do. This is a list of requirements. Now again, we've talked over and over, but salvation is by grace through faith alone. It's not by any works that we have done, but there's a change that needs to take place in us in order for us to have salvation. We need to understand our sinful state and repent and turn to God. We need to know His voice. And then after salvation, we need to follow Him. If we can do those things, He will know you and give you eternal life. Eternal, forever. No man can pluck the sheep out of Christ's hand. No man can take that away. And if no man can pluck the sheep from Christ's hand, no man can put them there either. This again can only be done by Christ. Now that takes a lot of responsibility off of us. I don't have to earn my salvation and I'm not responsible for anyone else's salvation. As we went out yesterday knocking doors, I used to dread that. I, I knew that, that I needed to do it, and, and but I used to dread it because I was always afraid that as I witnessed and when people rejected that, that it was my fault. But it's not. Our only job is to give the gospel. If they reject it, it's on them. It's not on us. If it was my responsibility to see you all live for the Lord, this would be the worst job in the world. It's hard enough pastoring, and, and you all are great, but it's hard enough pastoring my family. But even my family, I'm only responsible to a certain point. Unfortunately, I'm very responsible for the, the outward appearance of my children. My boys look a lot like I did when I was in school. And that's... I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm responsible for what they, I have taught them up to the point of them being able to make decisions on their own. But I'm not responsible for how they choose to live their lives. When they leave my house, what they do is up to them. That's a huge weight off of my shoulders. It means that when I serve God, I do it voluntarily. There's no guilt if I fail. Someone that I witness to doesn't get saved. It's not my fault because I'm not the one that does the saving. 
I'm simply there to witness to them and show them who can save them. These Jews, they don't like this. Because they're stuck under the law. They're stuck under all of these works that they have to do and do and do in order to get to heaven. And as I I said it this morning, I'll say it again. They're getting their toes stepped on. But instead of getting better, they're getting bitter. Verse number 31, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Their attitude is all wrong. One would think that at this point they would be trying to become his sheep. They would be trying to know and understand who he is and that they'd be wanting to follow him. That they'd be desiring that eternal life with him in heaven. However, they're just getting angry. And again, they're trying to stone him. We have to understand, Christ isn't closing and locking a door here. He's simply giving them a factual and accurate account of their state so that they can choose to walk through the door that's open. The Jews are the ones... Here, those that are listening to Christ are the ones that are locking the door. When we come to God with the wrong attitude, we're shutting Him out. When we come to each other with the wrong attitude, we're locking the door. Christ asked them, for what offense, what good work are you stoning me for? All the great things that Christ has done to this point, and we haven't even looked at half of them. He's turned the water into wine. He's, he's healed the blind man. He's healed lepers. He's, he's walked on water. He's provided for thousands. All of these great works Christ has done. He says, for which one are you stoning me for? And as often happens, it's not the good works. It's not the truth. Because they can't find anything wrong in him. Even Pilate, as he goes to the cross, says, I, I found no find no evil in this man. They have to begin to make stuff up. And they cry out that they're going to stone him because of blasphemy. Because... Thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Well, they just asked him, Are you the Son of God? Are you the Messiah? They're looking for the Son of God. Yet, here, the Son of God, right in front of them, they're going to stone him because he says he is the Son of God? It makes no sense. We've seen this tactic from the heathen over and over throughout the Bible. 
It happened to Daniel. It happened to the apostles. It happened to Christ. And it has and will happen to us. The Jews don't know how to process this rebuke and rejection from the Lord. So again, instead of getting better, they're getting bitter. And they're now projecting that sickness and bitterness on one who is not sick. One who speaks evil or bad about God is what they're calling a blasphemer. Today, the trigger word is hypocrite. Or someone who is not what they claim to be. But that old saying, it takes one to know one, comes to mind. They want to stone Christ because he said, I am the Son of God. Because they believe that they are. They believe that because they are upholding the law, that they are where they should be. And they don't want to be challenged. Adam, who we are all descended from, was a son of God. Abraham, Moses. But there's still a chance for renewal. Christ decides it's time to remove himself from this situation. And he goes back across the River Jordan to the place where John was baptizing. The place where he was baptized. And when he arrives back there, there are many waiting. Verse number 41. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. Many had heard John teach. John wasn't flashy. He didn't do any miracles. He didn't do any great works. He simply prophesied about Christ. And every one of those things had been fulfilled. For these people, that was proof enough. And they believed. What's it going to take for you? I know that most of you in this room have believed on Christ for salvation. But what about the rest of your earthly life? Not just your job, not just your school, not just your protection and your provision, but your everyday walk. Are you willing to act on the saving faith and make it a living faith? Or are you refusing to listen to those that are teaching you of Christ? To listen to God himself about how to order your life?